another edition, Greg Pickle, of the Penn State Blitz podcast. Real quick, rumor has it you're going to gobble like a turkey. It's possible. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. It is Thanksgiving weekend. The transfer portal is back, and it involves a prominent Penn State player. We're going to talk about Sean Clifford and Will Levis and whether there's a quarterback controversy. Fair to ask. Maybe, maybe not. We're going to talk about Penn State and the latest college football playoff rankings. And if time permits, and I think it will, we're going to get to the Penn State mailbag. Okay, Greg, it's been a while. It has been a while since we mentioned the dreaded two words that all Penn State fans and James Franklin hate, transfer portal. Yes. I guess technically it's the NCAA transfer portal. Yes. But for brevity's sake, which I am not being brief right now, it's the transfer <laughs> portal. Kind of out of nowhere, but maybe not. Justin Shorter, per Yahoo Sports' Pete Thamel, and he's a very good reporter, is in the transfer portal at the moment. James Franklin met with him on Tuesday before he met with us. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have much to say. I think it, he was just kind of in the process of trying to figure out where Justin is. But it's not really been a great start to Justin's career, and it might be over at Penn State. But how do you kind of process this news? Yeah, it's a little bit surprising because you just don't tend to see too many guys go into the portal with one game to go. Unless you're and, at Michigan State. Well, yeah, they've had that issue. And they actually started long before <laughs> the last game of the regular season. So... I mean, from an injury standpoint, yeah, if you if you know you're going to leave, why play one more game? Right. What good is it going right. to do you is the way to look at it. Yes. I just wonder, if was this a frustration problem and mm-hmm. Justin Shorter was just frustrated and said, I want out of here? Yeah. Or was it more about development and usage and things like that? And if it's the latter one, then I think there's no chance Penn State can talk him into staying like it did Lamont Wade, like it did Cam Sullivan Brown. But, you know, if it's just a purely a frustration thing yeah. and they can sit down and show him – maybe some things that they can do better, maybe some things that he can do better, then they'll have a shot at retaining him and not losing him to the portal. So, you know, at this point, I don't know about you, I'd say it's probably 90-10 that he leaves to stay. I mean, again, you just don't, you know, we can point to Lamont Wade staying and it working out for him, and that's fine and well, but, you know, he didn't do it with the game left to go in the regular season. Yeah, and let's just talk a little bit about Justin and, and what Penn State had and what they might be losing. You know, a five-star recruit, along with uh, Micah Parsons and Ricky Slade, who mm-hmm. we might be talking about very shortly as well. Three five-star recruits in Penn State's 2018 class. A lot of people thought that maybe Justin Monnett was, was the top receiver prospect in the entire 2018 class. Yeah. Big kid who can run from New Jersey. Dealt with an injury early in 2018. Never really got going. They redshirted him. You know, this year... Felt like all systems were go. Mm-hmm. A big receiver. Penn State needs a big receiver in the offense to pair with KJ and also with, with Jahan Dotson. Had a couple of nice plays in the Idaho game, but it was kind of more the same. He never really developed some big drops in the Minnesota game. Ironically, I thought he played pretty well against Ohio State. I yeah. think he had three catches. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm surprised by the news, but I just wonder, you know, some things that I'm wondering about. You know, Penn State brought in a new wideouts coach, hopefully to kind of, James Franklin called him aggressive in his coaching. I think part of it was to get maybe Justin turned around, Jared Parker's the coach, but clearly the numbers were not there. And I just wonder, sometimes sometimes moving on helps. Juwan Johnson, another wideout from New Jersey, left after 2018. He's got four touchdown catches with Oregon. The thing about Justin, though, is if he does move, you presume it's going to be to a big school he's going to have to sit out a year. Right. He's, he's, he hasn't been at Penn State long enough. To graduate. So I think James Franklin's going to have to re-recruit him. It might be too little too late. I guess another question for you is, 
I mentioned Ricky Schroeder, another five-star running back. Ricky Slade, yeah. Uh, so yeah, sorry. He didn't make the trip against Ohio State. Violation of team rules. Looks like he's now the number four man in the running back rotation. Do you anticipate maybe hearing some news with him and also maybe some other players? Yeah, it certainly wouldn't shock me. I mean, look, I think the portal has made not only the transfer process public, but also more aggressive. I think guys, if they feel like they're either too far down the depth chart or they're not being used the way they should be used or they think they can uh, you know, get a bigger role elsewhere, they're just going to go. And if they have to sit out a year, they'll sit out a year. If they think they have a case for an immediate eligibility waiver, they might hire an attorney. Their family might hire an attorney to go and right. try and petition the NCAA for that. So, yeah, it's changed college football. Whether that's for the better or for the worse, I think, is up to you know each fan and each person's opinion. But, yeah, I, I mean, anyone down the depth chart is fair game at this point, like we saw a year ago. And some of those guys went to lower levels, Bob, and they yeah. thrived maybe where – uh, maybe at a, a place where their talent more matched what they were playing against each week. And so, yeah, I, I think one final thought, though, with Shorter Bob is that it's really concerning Penn State's sort of track record here with receivers. I mean, New Jersey receivers. Well, New Jersey receivers. You've been on that train for a couple of months I now. Have been. But, you know, Irv Charles, Seed Blacknell, Juan uh, Johnson, all, ju- all Justin Jersey Shorter. guys, big receivers. And, I mean, you know, KJ Hamlers, they developed, obviously, but. It's the Jersey guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what the, the common denominator. I don't know what to make of it. So it's a problem. They better hope to keep him because if not, yeah. even if he's not yeah. developing the way we thought he would, you know, who's going to catch passes for this team next year if Frymuth, Hamler, and Shorter would all leave? Yeah, that's a great point. And like you said, this problem is not going to go away. Kids want to play, and they want to play immediately. And if they don't hear or they don't see results, they're going to look around. Parents yep. can be unhappy. They got people in their ear. You know, Penn State's senior class has a lot of five-star players that overcame some adversity to get to this point and to start. Garrett Taylor had a knee injury. and In high school, Nick Bowers missed his two years of yeah. his Penn State career with an injury. You know, there's you know Robert Windsor was a bit of a project. Steven Gonzalez wasn't highly thought of maybe when he got to Penn State. All of those guys are going to be honored with the rest of the senior class, and they overcame some adversity. But I, it just seems like some kids just – they have very high expectations to play right away, and if they don't play right away, they want to look elsewhere. It's unfortunate. Right. Let's go to uh, second down, and let's talk about the quarterbacks. A lot of people, including James Franklin, like what they saw from Will Levis in the second half at Ohio State. Big spot for his first meaningful snaps as Sean Clifford took a hit. Undisclosed injury. I think it's a lower leg injury, it looks like. He couldn't continue. Franklin said he could play, but... You know, Greg, it's a little interesting to hear him say he's been dealing with this for three, maybe four games. Uh-huh. And he stuck with Levis, who made some plays as a runner. A couple of plays as a throw. He did throw an interception, but that was a tough environment Yeah, to really kind of debut with the first-team offense. Sean is going to be a game-time decision against Rutgers mm-hmm. this Saturday on senior day. I don't think he really should play, honestly. What's the point? He wants to play. James made that clear. But big picture. Let's just talk big picture. In your mind, is there any possible way you could look at this as a either not necessarily maybe not a quarterback controversy, but a quarterback battle? Well, I think in the you know they they go into every spring practice and every summer camp. James Franklin talks about how everyone competes right. for their job, and it doesn't matter if you're Etor Grossmatos or Jake Pinniger, Micah know, Parsons, Micah Parsons. It doesn't matter. So yeah, this will be an open job again. Um, there's no question, but you know I don't think there's a controversy. Sean will go into that yeah. battle as the top guy and. You know, when you look at the bowl picture, which we'll get into in a second, it's very likely at this point that Penn State's going to have a New Year's Six opportunity for the third mm-hmm. time in four years. 
you need your best players healthy for that national televised big stage game. Yeah. So to me, if you know, we can sit here and say all we want that Sean Clifford is going to have a month off and that'll magically heal him, and it might. Why put the extra week of hits on him to play a Rutgers team that, Oof. I mean, if you start at Michael Johnson Jr. or Taquan Roberson, you'd probably win by 30 I think Michael points. Schuster, too. Michael, I'll, yeah, I'll absolutely. Michael Schuster yeah. in there. The pride of Camp Hill, yes. yes. Um, so I don't see the point of playing him this week. If you want to run him out there for a couple yeah. series, I guess that's okay. But looks like it's going to be sloppy weather-wise. If you think there's any chance that Will Levis could win the job in the spring, then the game time, the yeah. real game reps now would be, um, you know, very important. So for all of those reasons, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy. If Sean Clifford's healthy, he's going to yeah. start the bowl game. But I don't see any reason for him to start this week. Yeah, and I just want to say this. I, I just kind of detect a little bit of anti-Clifford sentiment, the way that the season kind of ended. Well, there was anti-Trace McSorley I sentiment know. last and year. And I, I just think that anyone who's thinking that is just not – you're not doing it right. He had a – tremendous first season when you talk about where he was in january of 2019 yeah. and you know he i think he went into this ohio state game as the, the number one player in total offense in the big 10 and he's been playing hurt he's run the ball over a hundred times he's made a, a ton of plays with his legs to win games indiana mm-hmm. uh, iowa michigan yep. i mean they would not be anywhere near 10 wins or with a with a shot at 10 wins if he didn't play I think he's had a a really good year I think he's done some great things in his first year and I just think the Bills kind of come due I've said that before with the toll of the season and the hits you know the sacks the quarterback runs you know the quarterback hits Mm -hmm. all of that has just kind of added up and you could tell he's really not I don't know what percentage James Franklin would say but he looks like he's three quarters of what he was and I think he's kind of he needs to rest, and he, I think we, we need to see the best version of Sean Clifford in the bowl game. I hope Will Levis plays. I hope the freshmen play. I hope Schuster plays. They don't need him against Rutgers, but I think that the last couple of games, people are losing sight of what Sean Clifford did for this team. And I know his teammates and, jo- and Coach Franklin or Coach Ronnie feel that way, but let, let, the, let the guy heal. And I think when he's healthy, he's really a heck of a player. It's the Penn State Penn Live Penn State Blitz podcast. Penn State Blitz podcast on Penn Live. I don't know how we want to name it this week, but <laughs> you can find it everywhere. You get your audio, uh, Apple, Stitcher, Google. If you subscribe, you get it early, which could be good yeah. for your Thanksgiving travels. Have a safe trip, everyone out on the road. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Also, Bob, you can watch the video version of this too. YouTube.com slash all Penn State. That was not the cleanest read, but we got through it. Man, you have a lot on your plate for this podcast. I think you see where I'm going with this. It's a little do. segue. Uh-huh. James Franklin said it's sweet potato pie over pumpkin pie. What can you tell me about your Thanksgiving meal? How much food are you going to eat, and what's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving Jumping process? ahead to the mailbag. Pumpkin pie over pecan pie, white meat over dark. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, pecan pie and sweet potato pie. For How that dare matter. you? Um, yeah, I know. White meat over dark meat, and... Uh, yeah, that's that's me. Well, how much are you gonna eat though? Oh, too much. Everyone eats too much on Thanksgiving. I think, as- I think I believe as James Franklin put it uh, earlier this week, it's an American thing. Will you be asleep roughly around three thirty in the afternoon and then awake up to do some more eating and, and no, football? No, on the inverse, I power through from about noon until eight p.m. and then it's just <laughs> it's over. There's I, I don't know if I've ever seen the end of the last NFL game on okay. Thanksgiving Thursday. Well, I wish you the best of luck with the eating and the football watching. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be some gambling. But good luck with all of that in mm-hmm. Middletown. Yes. Well, let's move along here on the Penn State Blitz, and let's talk about the new college football playoff rankings. 
and where Penn State's at, and it's pretty clear the committee, yeah, I just use air quotes for committee here on the podcast, they have two losses, but I think a lot of people respect where Penn State is at in their season yeah. at 9-2, and two, given how they've lost. They could have beat Minnesota, credit to Minnesota for winning, and the, they're the only team that's been within sniffing distance of Ohio State entering the fourth quarter, only yeah. down four. So where are they, Greg, and how do you see this big picture? What should Penn State fans be looking for this right. weekend with the Ohio State-Michigan result, the Wisconsin-Minnesota result in Minnesota, and maybe even the Big Ten championship game result? Right, so they're number 10. Clearly the committee loves Penn State, whatever numbers they're using to evaluate. And James Franklin shared a couple of them this week with the strength of schedule numbers, saying yes. that I believe the worst strength of schedule ranking has them number 10, the highest at number 1. Mm-hmm. So. The committee loves that humble win. Brag. Uh, yeah, a humble brag. Rob Mullins, the committee chair, the Oregon AD, loves that Pittsburgh win, too. He brings it up every chance he gets. Pitts got um, shut out, did they not? Yeah, by Virginia Tech. Speaking of gambling misfires, um, at any rate, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that Ohio State finally so- showed some weakness, and then they jump LSU to go back to number one. I thought that was fairly interesting. But if you're a Penn State fan and you want the Lions to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, mm-hmm. you need Ohio State to go to the college football playoff. You need two SEC teams to make the college football playoff. And as long as those two things happen, Penn State's almost guaranteed a spot in the New Year's Six Bowl pecking order because it's either going to be the Rose Bowl, depending on how Minnesota-Wisconsin, and then possibly the Big Ten title game shakes out. Mm-hmm. Minnesota loses at Wisconsin this weekend. Wisconsin goes to the Big Ten title game. As long as Ohio State beats Wisconsin, Roses. it's Rose Bowl for Penn State. If Minnesota goes, loses close to Ohio State, then I think you could see maybe the Lions go to the Orange Bowl, Minnesota to the Rose Bowl, and Alabama go to the uh, the Sugar Bowl, which would leave Penn State as the next highest ranked SEC Big Ten team or Notre, or Notre Dame. So them being ahead of Florida on Tuesday night was huge. I'm not saying the Outback Bowl is totally off the table because chaos is, of course, the name of the game in college football this mm-hmm. time of year, but... If things play out the way we think they will, Penn State's going to be back to a third New Year's Six Bowl in four years, Bob. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? So you let me just whittle this down. Really good, looking really good for possibly either the Rose Bowl or did you say the Orange Bowl? Correct. So for you, you're choosing between Santa Anita Park yeah. or Gulfstream Park for your holiday plans. Mm-hmm. Let's just... Yeah. What, what about how does it impact you, Greg? I, I would say this that it's a long flight to California <laughs> and you sit in a lot of traffic. So, you know, I, I, I know. think that either way, sure. Penn State's going to have a chance to showcase where it is as a program. Yeah. And that's why, going back to the Sean Clifford conversation, you need that guy to be 100%. So, you know, take the hits yeah. off. You, the Penn State said they use Will Levis as the option quarterback, the Wildcat quarterback, to try and take some hits off yeah. Sean Clifford. Just take the whole game worth of hits off in this weekend. Agreed. Before we get to the mailbag, and I hope. I'm not stealing more of your thunder. I just okay. wanted to give a shout-out to Harrisburg High's Micah Parsons. Yes. Buckus Award finalist. The Buckus Award is given to the nation's top linebacker. I don't know if he made the top 12, top 10. It top, was the top six, Top I six. Yeah. But what a year he's having. He's already have, he already has more tackles this year than he did all of last year, 85. Mm-hmm. Doubled his tackles for loss. He's got 10 this year. Uh, he had five last year. He's had five games this year with 10 or more tackles. Uh-huh. And really, I mean, Etor Gross Matos, you know, is a guy that probably is looking at the 2020 uh, NFL draft. Yeah. You can make it. I think Mike has been their best defensive player this year. I think Etor's had a, a pretty solid year. His numbers are finally starting to add up. But if you look at the year that Micah had as only in his second year as a linebacker, because he didn't play that position at Harrisburg, he is tracking towards not only a great finish to this year, but if he stays healthy, knock on wood, just a monster 
yep. monster 2020 season. Absolutely. I mean, he has been consistently one of Penn State's best players overall, not just defensively, but in totality in most games. And it's amazing to think he's only been playing that linebacker role for one season, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say he's done all of this while raising a puppy, Simba. Yes. So shout out to Simba. I hope he's doing well. Micah, I'm sure you have your hands full with Simba, a bully pit bull. I remember that from our talk after, I think, the Michigan State game. Uh-huh. Okay, now, after, after all this, I think we got to get to the Penn State Thanksgiving holiday Big Ten championship precursor, precursor yeah, there you go. mailbag. I think that's pretty convoluted, but, I, but I'm going to pat my, myself on the back for that one. 16 seniors will be honored by Penn State before the game on Saturday. If you could give one of them an extra year of eligibility, which Ooh, one would it be? That's a good one. Um, as much as I like Cam Brown, they have Brandon Smith waiting in the wings, uh-huh. the freshman who I think is yep. going to really hit the ground running next year in the starting lineup. For me, it's Robert Windsor. I think he did a lot of dirty work at Penn State. I think he got better. Um, he was a fifth-year senior. Cam Brown did never got his redshirt season. Yeah, um, I like a lot of those guys, um, but I I, th- I just think that Robert Windsor as a defensive tackle, it's all, depth's always an issue there. So I think that would probably be the guy Penn State would say if you want to come back for another year, we'd love to have you back. Go with go with Blake Gilligan, just simply because of the fact that I don't. So we know Jordan Stout can punt, but. I'm a little bit leery of the fact of what they'll look like punny-wise yeah. next year. And you're right. I mean, with Robert, there's no – I don't think there's a wrong pick out of some of these guys. But how many times – and we know that Blake Gilligan was con- inconsistent in some games, but he also helped them win a lot of games. By When he yes. was on, there was not many punters sure. better than him in the, the country. Iowa-Michigan, Michigan State stretch, I mind probably was be, would be the stretch that I think he really stood out. And, and their their coverage guys, Jacena and Hart, Hartlob. Yep, Drew Hartlob. Hartlob. Yep. Uh, also had a lot to do with some of his success. Not a bad pick, Gregory. Um, do you have anything else for me? If you could kick Rutgers out of the Big Ten. <laughs> would I you, would. I was going to say, who would you replace him with? Oh, man. Who would I replace him with? How about Notre Dame? Okay. I, that's an easy pick. That's it's it? That there's no, I thought you were, I thought you were uh, navigating towards we're, something. We're working on the fly. At some point, doesn't Notre Dame have to join a conference? You would think so. I mean, they're kind of already one and a half feet into the ACC. so. I don't know who else you would take, but I mean that would be my pick. I, I think a Penn State Notre Dame game every year would be tremendous for the fan base. I think Notre Dame would like it too. Yeah. All right. Last one. If you look at this Penn State Rutgers matchup, Ooh. it's very difficult to get into the nitty gritty of it because Rutgers is so bad. But you talk, you asked James Franklin about some of the younger receivers, and just in that vein, which young player are you most interested to see on the field Saturday? Because we, I think it's going to be like a blue white game where we see a lot of young guys. And some guys that have not played yet this season get their feet wet with game action. Yeah, I, I just, I, whenever he's on the field, I try and keep an eye on him because he is an explosive player. It's Brandon Smith for me. I, I just, I mean, I think you're talking about, I just remember what Matt Millen told uh, me out in Chicago about he might be the best linebacker, pure linebacker uh-huh. in terms of instincts, you know, knowledge of the position, reaction time, all athleticism, 6'3", 240 already, January enrollee. Um, I just I just can't wait to see him next year, and I hope they play him a lot against Rutgers, and he, I think he'll really benefit, as yeah. will a lot of the other guys, from the extra December practices. But for me, it's Brandon Smith. I just think he's got a, a really, really huge future ahead of him. I want to see the young receivers do something, whether it's T.J. Jones or John Dunmore. If Penn State puts one of those guys into the game, what can they do? Because, Bob, if K.J. Handler leaves, if Justin Shorter ends up leaving, so yep. Handler would have to declare early, of course. Shorter would have to end up taking the portal elsewhere. So 
I mean, but they're just yep. going to be they're going to be in some tough a tough place going into the spring pass catching wise. So I'd love to see what those guys can do. Happy holidays, everyone. Let's get into the picks and predictions. Welcome back to the Penn State Blitz podcast for the fan base, Greg Pickle. I'm Bob Flanders. Greg Pickle is across from me in case you did not know that. For the fan base, I know this is their favorite part of the week where we get to make a Penn State pick. Mm-hmm. They get to make fun of us when we're wrong, and it's more often than not. Yes. And they're playing Rutgers. It's, it's not supposed to be a particularly competitive game, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you thinking upset here? No. Okay. No. I am is that not. a hard no? It is a very okay. hard no. In fact, I would really like to know how much the Big Ten would find Rutgers if they just forfeited this game. That's how <laughs> disinterested I think the Scarlet Knights will be in this one. They're 2-9. and nine. They have shown next to nothing on either side of the ball for most of the season. I know they covered a couple of games, so I guess there's something to be said about that. They beat UMass in the opener. Did you have a piece of that? I believe I had UMass in that game. Uh, if we go all the way back to the <laughs> tape in August. <laughs> Time will well, I'm pausing for just that reason. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not our finest. Anyway, hour. the line's going to probably be at 40. Yeah. At kickoff, does the to- the total? I like 52 or something. Yeah. yeah. Is there? I mean, let's let's hear your pick. Do you have a bold prediction? It it, it feels like a game where we're going to see some players we don't typically see for long stretches, and I think if you're a fan, that's probably what you're looking you're looking for. Yeah, I would like to see a couple of things in this game. I'd like to see, again, some of those younger players. Maybe like Adisa Isaac gets a little bit more run than normal. Maybe, uh, you know, you get those young receivers out there and see what they can do. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of Noah Kane the last few weeks. Maybe no. you get his feet wet some in this game. So, I mean, overall, you're going to be able to do whatever you want, whether it's Will Levis or Sean Clifford starting a quarterback for Penn State. To me, Bob... I think the defense plays a very good game on paper and on the field, if you know what I mean. I don't see Rutgers having a lot of success. I would think the word mollywop comes to mind. 55 nothing Penn State over Rutgers. Predicting the shutouts, usually not the wise thing to do. I just don't see this team on senior day at home giving up any points to this Rutgers side. That comes in extremely undermanned. Mollywop. That's an interesting word. I don't know quite where you've heard that word before, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting. I learned something new from you almost every week. I'm thinking along those lines. I said, I'm going to say 45 nothing. I just, I, if you're Rutgers, cold weather, on the road, I, I don't know. I just don't know what you could possibly. Penn State would literally have to hand them points. Yeah. And I, I know that that can happen. I just think it's senior day. It's about the seniors. I'm actually hoping Sean Clifford doesn't play. I want, I'd like to see him 100%. Yep. For the bowl game. And as much as it's the fan base probably wants to see more of Will Levis, I wouldn't mind seeing the two uh, freshmen, Roberson and Johnson, each get a series, get Schuster's series, and you know maybe a running clock early in the second quarter. I'd Let's okay get out of there that. in like yep. an hour and a half, twelve minute quarters. Bob. But but really, big picture, a ten win season, I think is really what we're talking about before we close this out. And I think I picked them nine and three. I think you either picked them nine and three or eight and four. Uh, significant win at Iowa. Significant win at home against Michigan, and it's really been a very nice season. It didn't all come together the way they wanted it to, but no season really does. Right. I think it's really been their fourth double-digit uh, win total in or third in three or four years. Excuse me, uh-huh. a lot to like, and they still have kind of you know the cherry on top with a really interesting bowl game looming against a good opponent. Opponent a chance to get to eleven. 
wins, but it all starts with a win over Rutgers. Like, I'm really disappointed you didn't forecast the Rutgers upset since you've liked Rutgers so much all this year and lost. I think you've lost it all. I've, you've it's lost, been close. You've lost tens of thousands of dollars on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, before we get out of here, happy holidays to you. I hope you feel better. Is there any other bonus picks you want to give the uh, audience before we go? I love Michigan plus eight this week in the game against Ohio State. I, I just don't. I think that Penn State put some vulnerabilities on tape that Michigan will be able to take advantage of. And I don't know if there's a team playing better than them the last, since the second half of the Penn State game to now, so the middle of October to now. I don't know if there's a team, and there's not many teams in college football playing on the level that Michigan is, so I think they cover handily. Other than that, uh, the game I'm most interested in watching is Minnesota-Wisconsin. I think that's just a fascinating matchup for a number of reasons. Two things before we get out of here. No one has come full circle on the Michigan Wolverines more (laughs) than Greg Pickle. I don't want to reference his Wisconsin pick from earlier this year, (laughs) but I just did. And Greg, I almost made it through a whole video. Without mentioning John O'Neill. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I almost did, but I, I couldn't it. help it. Mm-hmm. If you guys were following along Saturday on social media, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. I won't go into any specifics. Greg, happy Thanksgiving. Let's get out of Rutgers week with a win. And who's, who knows who's going to be in the transfer portal next? And who knows who Penn State's going to be playing next? Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Penn State Blitz. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Leave your feedback. And remember, if you subscribe, you'll get the podcast a day early. Otherwise, it's on Penn Live every Thursday. We'll see you next week.